for our Old Testament reading, and then we will go to Ephesians 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the reading for the Old Testament will be verses 1 through 11. Let us pray. Our most gracious God and Father, we come again to your throne of grace in our time of need. Father, we are upon the occasion of the public reading of your word and its preaching, so we ask, Lord, for help. We pray that the helper, the Holy Spirit, like a good plowman, would come and break up the fallow ground of our hearts and make our hearts good and ready, tender, soft, good soil to receive the good seed of the good word of God. Oh Lord, we pray that the seed would take root among us, deep and strong, and shoot up and bear much fruit to your praise, to your honor, the fruit of righteousness in our lives. We who have been created anew in Jesus Christ after the image of God. Oh Father, help us, help our sons, help our daughters, help our husbands and wives, help our brothers and sisters in Christ, help us all to indeed hear and believe. And Lord, we pray that you would then strengthen mightily the kingdom upon us and in us to the praise, honor, and glory of Christ the King. In his name, amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Beloved, this is the word of God. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Turn with me now to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 15. 
Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is God's word. In letter 21 of the Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis has the elder demon, Uncle Screwtape, explain how to use time to ruin a man. Screwtape says, Nothing stirs up a man's sinful passions more easily than when a space of time which a man reckoned to be fully at his own disposal is unexpectedly taken from him. An unexpected visitor, a talkative neighbor, an emergency repair to some household necessity. These things anger man. Screwtape says, because man regards time as his own possession, his passions are stirred. He has learned to hate whatever steals time from him. So Screwtape urges a demonic persuasion upon man's conscience. Get a man to say, my time is my own. Let man feel that he starts each day as the lawful possessor of 24 hours. Let man feel he is being severely taxed by any portion of time that he must give to his employer. And let man feel he is making a generous donation of any time he allows for religious duties. But the truth about time is that it belongs to God and God alone. God alone has created time. He is the Lord of time. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Exodus 20, 9 and 10. Time is a creation gift of the Lord God. Man has not created a single hour, not a single day. Man only lives in what God has made. We do not own it. Jesus said, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? No one is to raise their hand at that question. We are not sovereigns of time. We only darken our minds when we think time is our own. Time belongs to the Lord. It is his gift to us to be used to glorify him and to enjoy him. In our text tonight, Ephesians 5, Paul says that as children of God, we are to make the best use of our time. And then the apostle gives the reason for this, because the days are evil. Now, the word days in that little qualifier is almost synonymous to the word time. Time must not be wasted because the times in which we are traveling through are a hindrance to us. The days are evil. Do you believe this? Do you believe the days are evil? Or have you told yourself something different about these days? 
that they're not so bad. The days in which we live are not a help to the concerns of the child of God. The days are evil. These evil days interfere with the pursuit of godliness. These evil days are an obstruction to divine worship. These evil days are opposed to godly conversation. These evil days do not honor religious ambition. These evil days are embarrassed by spiritual zeal. These evil days do not encourage a knowledge of God. These evil days do not value the message of salvation. The days are evil. So the Christian cannot simply travel through these days in a slumber, thinking they will be unharmed. These days are not neutral. They are not benign. The days are evil. So, beloved, time must not be allowed to just pass by. It must be redeemed, which is the original Greek behind the ESV's translation of verse 16. The King James gets this right. The Greek word is the verb ex agarazo. The same verb is used by Paul twice in Galatians. In Galatians 3.13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. There again, the word redeemed is ex agarazo. In Galatians 4.4, Paul says, Christ was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. Again, ex agarazo. So in Ephesians 5.16, a more transparent English translation would be, redeem the time, buy it up, which means time needs to be bought and brought bought up and brought up to the interest of God. If time is not bought up and brought up, it is always going to work against you because the days are evil, which is just another way of saying the evil times will pull you away from what truly matters. Now, before we go any further, we must say something about faith. How is it that Paul knows and confesses the days are evil. Paul knows and confesses this because he has been given eyes to see. The eyes of faith. Our Lord Jesus said to his disciples, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Matthew thirteen sixteen. This scene is a blessing of salvation. The blessing of those who have been brought from spiritual death into spiritual life. They see now. God's Spirit has applied to them the accomplishments of Christ on the cross. They are now released from sin's blindness and deadness. Christ is now alive in the redeemed, and they are alive in Christ. Christ now shines his truth in them, and by it they see all things as they really are. This is why in Ephesians 5, verse 14, Paul says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So if you are a redeemed child of God, you can now see what those still spiritually dead cannot see, that the days are evil. 
Beloved, those who are still spiritually dead do not think the days are evil. But you, you now see things as they really are by the light of the living Christ in you. You know the days are evil because Christ had to be crucified to redeem anyone who lives in these days. There is nothing in this world itself that could reconcile a man to God. That's how evil the days are. None of man's ambitions nor abilities could effect man's salvation. That's how evil the days are. Only the death of Christ could deliver us from this present evil age. Paul says as much in Galatians 1.4, quote, Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. That's a statement about time. The times you live in. An age that does not have the resources to free men unto God, but only binds men unto death, that is an evil age. Do you agree? But the redeemed have eyes to see this. The unredeemed cannot see it. The unredeemed might say there is evil in the world, but they will isolate evil to a particular group or to particular groups of people. They will isolate evil to the liberals or they will isolate evil to the conservatives or to the Democrats or to the Republicans or to the East or to the West or to this country or to that country. The unredeemed will label things as evil but not themselves at least not in the terms that God does, that man is evil on the inside, that man's heart is opposed to having to answer to God for his actions and ambitions. Such men deserve God's wrath. The unredeemed cannot even see this. As it says in Deuteronomy 29.4, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. The unredeemed do not know themselves, nor do they know the evil days in which they live. The redeemed, however, are blessed with eyes to see. They know what time it is, and they know the nature of the times. They see that an evil principle is even within them. The redeemed agree with Paul when he says in Romans 7.21, When I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. And the redeemed also see evil in the present age. In the days, that is. Not just in this group, not just in that group. The the redeemed see evil in this present age. Because the light of Christ is in them. They see things as things really are. The redeemed see evil is not just man's gross immorality, it is also in man's Christless morality. Evil is not just in murder, stealing, and adultery, it is also in middle-class values without Christ. It is also in family values without Christ. It is also in clean living without Christ. And you might think, well, those things can't be evil. On the day of judgment, you will see how evil they are when men carry them in their arms and present them to God and they are rejected for them. 
because it was simply boasting in their flesh, which is evil. A group of people who identified themselves as Christians were asked in a survey what they most wanted out of life in this present age for themselves and their children. The top answers from the group were the following, in the rank given. Number one, good health. Number two, strong and meaningful relationships. Number three, an inspiring and well-paying job. Number four, a nice home in a safe city. Number five, a long life and a peaceful death. Now the things not included in those majority choices reveal how evil the days are, how evil the times are. The things not included in those top-ranked choices. Nobody wanted to grow in godliness. They did not want an increase of faith. They did not want more regular attendance upon the worship of God. They did not want more time for prayer. They did not want more opportunities to speak of Christ. They did not want their children to be saved from their sins. Brothers, those are missing because the days are evil. The days are evil when people take their children to church so the children turn out to be good instead of taking them to church so their children are delivered from the guilt and power of sin. The days are evil not just because of zip codes where crime is high. The days are evil also because of every moral framework that does not glory in Christ crucified and desire the holiness of heaven. The days are evil. So with that said, let the redeemed redeem the time. Let us buy up time that would otherwise be wasted. Let us buy it up and use it for eternal things. Redeeming the time will always require at least two things from us. It will require that carefulness be practiced, and it will require that a cost be paid. That carefulness be practiced is stated in verse 15. Look carefully, then, how to walk, not as unwise, but as wise. To look carefully means you are vigilant. Your eyes are open to where your life is headed as you travel through time. Are you on the path of wisdom, or are you on the path of foolishness? What are you doing with time will give you the answer to that question. And wisdom here is doing that which, God's, which is God's will. That's verse 17, quite clearly. Wisdom is doing that which is God's will. You will always have all the time you need to do God's will. And doing God's will makes you wiser than a thousand men who do not do his will. So to look carefully is to be vigilant and see the wise path through the day of the Christian, through the week of the Christian, through the year of the Christian, through the years of having children at home as a Christian, through the decades of employment as a Christian, through the years of retirement 
as a Christian. Look carefully. Pay attention. Be vigilant. Look for the wise path through all of these passages of time so that you are a vice regent of time. You are not the sovereign of time, but you in Christ now are to have dominion over all created things, even time. Sharing it in Christ and through Christ. Look carefully. If you are looking carefully, you will know when your foot is just beginning to get off course. If you are not looking carefully, you might never know when you have gotten off course. Now let's hear about the second thing, about the cost of redeeming the time. As I mentioned earlier that the Greek verb for redeem, ex agarazo, that means purchasing. Just as we were purchased out of the slave market of sin and bondage to death and condemnation. We were purchased through the blood of Christ. The act of redeeming has within it this meaning of paying a cost for the thing redeemed. Meaning we cannot redeem the time without losing something. Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. A cost was paid. Christ redeemed those under the law by being born under the law himself. A cost was paid. In the same way, for you to redeem time, a cost will need to be paid. But keep in mind, it will never be as great as the cost Christ paid to redeem you. And keep in mind, you will always gain more than you will give up in your redeeming the time. And keep in mind, what you must give up was not worth keeping compared to what you gain. So the scripture says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. That's 1 Timothy 6.12. This means, now that you have a title to heaven, now that you are bound for heaven in Jesus Christ, who is seated at the right hand of God in heaven, Now that you are bound for heaven, reach out and pull much of heaven into your life. This is redeeming the time. Empty your hands of many earthly things. That's paying the cost. Empty your hands, empty your pockets of many earthly things so that you have time to take hold of eternal life. But if your hands are so full of earthly things that you have so little time for heaven right now, can you be sure you even want to go to heaven? Calvin was right when he said, to redeem time, we must leave or lose the thing that we were desirous of keeping. We must pay, not always with gold or silver, but by forsaking our own lusts. Our lust, our lust, our lust. Oh, Christian, learn to talk to yourself the way the apostles talk to the churches. My lusts, keep me, resist me, soften me. My lusts, keep me from redeeming the time. Don't talk like some 
professional manager of the 20th, 21st century to your soul. That's like giving yourself poison. Our lusts. I can't give up watching sports to go worship God. Our lust. I can't give up television to lead family worship. Our lust. I can't give up my fear of embarrassment to lead family worship. Our lusts. I can't give up my time to fellowship with the body of Christ and serve the body of Christ. Our lust. I can't give up my Sunday mornings or my Sunday evenings or my reading the paper or my reputation before my father or my older brother. I can't give up my comforts and my conveniences. I can't give up these lusts, is what we're really saying. Beloved, the pull of the earth and its things are very strong in us, but they are not the things of eternity. This world is passing away. Do not lust for it. Do not congratulate yourself for your lusts. Do not sanctify them. Brothers and sisters, you can give up your lust. If you come to see more clearly that you will gain far more than you would ever lose, you can give up your lust. The expulsive power of a new affection, of seeing that what you will gain by giving up your lust to redeem your time, that expulsive power of the gain before your eyes will make you almost giddy to wage war against your lusts. By God's grace, you gain a better testimony for your children and your extended family, showing them that Christ is worth more to you than keeping your time to yourself. By God's grace, you gain better graces, increase of faith, increase of hope, increase of love. You become a better Christian when you redeem the time. You will be stronger and more fit in sound doctrine. And by God's grace, you will gain a better legacy when you redeem the time for eternal things. Other saints will boast in you just like Paul boasts in 26 different saints in Romans chapter 16. Paul also told the Thessalonians, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith. How did they come to such notable steadfastness and faith? They redeemed the time. Let's think about it another way. What if Jesus comes to you tonight, like he did my friend Steve Bosman less than a week ago, What if Jesus comes to you tonight, puts out his hand, and says, your time is up. It is now time to go home to the Father. Who among us would be unwilling to go? Who among us would say, no, 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 it's not my time. Would not all of us who have been born of God be willing to go? Would not all of us believers be willing to go in confidence that everything we leave behind, our children, our spouses, our relatives, 
our coworkers, our neighbors, would we not have confidence as we took the Lord's hand upon that visitation? Would we not have confidence that our concerns are all in the care of the gracious and mighty God who has come to fetch us? Now, if we will see, if we will see on that day that all is in his care, why can we not see it now, today? If we can see on the day of eternity that all is in his gracious and mighty care and we can leave it all behind and go home to the Father, why can we not see it today? Beloved, why can we not take hold of eternal life now, in the present, by redeeming the time? Why can we not pay the cost now? What we need, to put it quite simply, is to see more clearly. To see that the present days are evil. We need to see that with clarity. That's why I kept asking you, do you believe it? We need to see more clearly first that the present days are evil. Then we will see that it is a vandalism to just let time pass over the redeemed life of the children of God and do what it wishes to it. It is vandalism against the new creation to not buy up the time. But we also need to see something else. We need to see that the eternal life is the proper use of our time. That the eternal things is the proper use of our time. Take hold of eternal life, Paul says. This is what redeeming the time is about. What is given to eternity will never pass away, will never fall, will never be touched by moth nor rust. And the man of eternity is now seated there in eternity, in our very own nature, testifying to us from his throne that every investment in his eternal kingdom is the most prudent and lasting use of our time. To see that more clearly, and that the days are evil, will break your lusts. May the Lord give us eyes to see. Let us pray. Most gracious God, if there are any among us tonight who don't believe the days are evil, I pray for your mercy toward them, for they are yet dead in their sins. They are yet unredeemed. They have not yet been born of God. And they are carried along by the authority of fallen men. Oh, Father, I pray that you would show them mercy and cut to their heart and reveal to them who they are and where they are and the great danger they are in and their darkened understanding of their life and liberate them into the light of redemption through Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for all believers who indeed recognize the authority 
and the truth of our apostle. For it is the very authority and truth of God that the days are evil. I pray for all believers, Lord, that we would be properly renewed and sanctified in the urgency of our travel through time. Lord, we pray and I pray that time would not merely pass over us, that we would think carefully about how we walk in it and that we would buy it up and bring it up to its higher end and purpose, the things of eternity. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that it has been revealed to us in the man, our Lord Jesus Christ, that the things done in time indeed echo and continue through eternity. Oh, Father, we pray that this would be so in the things that we do by faith in him, that we would indeed pay the price, that we would indeed give up our lust and pay the cost to invest our time in the things of eternity, and that our greatest griefs would be our grief that we have not had opportunities to invest wisely in the things of eternity. And then, Lord, quiet us with your mercies so that we do not fall into despair. Forgive us for all the time we have wasted. And, Lord, we thank you that your spirit, even now, testifies to us that Christ was crucified for time wasters, for those lusting for the things of earth and not desiring the things of eternity in heaven. The Lord, renew us, we pray. Sanctify us. Make us evermore in the image of the man of heaven. In his name we pray, amen.